0: Hello and welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs program providing a gender analysis of contemporary issues from Australia and internationally. I'm Giselle Hanna. Today on Women on the Line, we look at the Bersih movement in Malaysia following another successful mass demonstration on the 19th of November 2016. Bersih, which literally means clean in Malay, is a movement that started in 2006 to build a mass oppositional force to corrupt government elections. The early bursay demonstrations had four demands. One, clean up the electoral roll. Two, use indelible ink to prevent double voting. Three, abolish postal voting for military and police personnel. And four, have free and fair access to mass media for all parties. Brisei was an extraordinary development in Malaysia. In the period post the Second World War, with both the rise and the fall of the Malaysian Communist Party, the repression against left-wing activists has been intense. The Internal Security Act 1960 was a preventative detention law enacted after Malaysia gained independence from Britain in 1957. The ISA allowed for detention without trial or criminal charges under, arguably, limited, legally defined circumstances. But in reality, it was used to arrest and detain communists and trade unionists. So in 2007, when 30,000 Malaysians came out on the streets, it marked a turning point in Malaysia's civil society movement. In 2016, The demands of Brisset, while still related to clean and fair elections, expanded its remit to call for the resignation of corrupt Prime Minister Najib Razak. Najib is the leader of the ruling UMNO party, which has been in power since independence, hence the focus of Brisset on cleaning up the election process. The pressure is mounting on Najib Razak to resign over allegations of his involvement in a multi-billion dollar misappropriation scandal. Najib is said to have stolen billions from the OneMDB. So what is this OneMDB? It stands for One Malaysia Development Berhad, and it's a state investment fund originally overseen by Najib himself. Its purpose is aimed to boost the Malaysian economy through investments and infrastructure deals with foreign entities, including Saudi Arabia. The fund also borrowed heavily and by 2014 had debts of $11 as well as missed repayments. The United States has made public accusations of Najib saying that $3.5 billion in the 1MDB was misappropriated and laundered through accounts in Singapore, Switzerland and the US, and that the money financed lavish lifestyles for multiple individuals, including public officials. They're saying that Malaysian Official 1, which can only be Mr Najib, received $731 million of the misappropriated funds, though he did later arguably return 620 million of those misappropriated funds in July 2016 the US Justice Department announced civil action against Najib to recover 1 billion US dollars in 1MDB funds allegedly laundered through the United States so the bourse rally of November this year was held in this context and about 40,000 Malaysians rallied in the capital Kuala Lumpur calling for Najib's resignation over the scandal. Two weeks after these demonstrations were held the leading ruling party UMNO had its five-day annual assembly. At this gathering Najib denounced the protests as a tool of the opposition. A day before the protests Police arrested 15 activists and opposition politicians, including Bursay chairperson Maria Chin Abdullah, who was detained under counter terrorism legislation. Abdullah was subjected to intense interrogation, claiming that she was trying to destabilise the government. After further protests and candlelight vigils, Abdullah was released from prison 10 days later on the 28th of November. I had an opportunity to speak with Maria Chin Abdullah, and here is that discussion. Congratulations on yet another fabulous Bursay rally that we saw in November this year. Of course, this year, as many yeah. other years, you were met with pretty fierce repression from the government. Tell us a little bit about what yeah. happened. Uh,
1: well, um this time round, we not only did a rally; we had a convoy, car convoy, uh, for seven weeks. And uh, at the start of it, we were actually attacked by uh, gangsters. And these gangsters actually came from the um, the youth wing of Amno, uh, which is actually the ruling uh, government. Um, simply because they were wearing the t-shirts representing their organization. Uh, and um some of the ministers even attended the uh uh what they call themselves as the red shirt uh, um, and they have actually been attacking us, um uh beating up some of our supporters. But the the good thing about um the the people was that uh despite of all these um threats they, they they continue with the convoy for the seven weeks. Uh, and even more people were attracted to come out. Um, So then come to the uh, rally, uh, which is on the 19th of November, um, we didn't expect uh, an arrest. Um, We thought that they would actually ban the rally or did what they have been doing um, to lock down the city. Uh, But uh, they came on Friday, um, did the preemptive arrest, uh, not only just me but uh, there were also sixteen others who were also arrested um only um the thing is that um for me, I was actually arrested under the penal code one two four c which actually says that um attempting to undermine parliamentary democracy and um they tie this with the um uh security offences special measures. Is a procedure on detention. So they tie up the 124C with um, SOSMA. Um, SOSMA, what, was, uh, what is uh, draconian about it is that uh, it allows them to, um, to detain me for two days uh, without access to lawyers and family. Although they gave me the access, uh, I must say. But uh, then the next 28 days, up to a maximum of 28 days, Um, it means that um, uh, having access to lawyer and family is really at the discretion of the interrogating officer. Uh, So I did not have any more access uh, after I saw them on a Sunday, Um, the lawyers and also my family. And under the detention, I was interrogated for um, a total of eight days uh, on a daily basis from 9 till 5.36, asking me questions about Bersae and all the other uh, civil society. Uh, The plot that they were trying to put together um, was really to say that uh, the NGOs um, have been receiving money from um, this Soros Foundation and um, including an online uh, media portal Malaysia Guinea, uh, and we are using that money to topple the government Uh, and it came to a ridiculous figure of uh, that we have taken like 3.2 billion um, uh, Malaysian Ringgit uh, which actually doesn't uh, exist in any of the uh, Bursae's account and also all the other NGOs, but uh, unfortunately this was the plot that uh, the government came up with as a distraction from the real issue. Because um, what made us go on to this convoy and rally is really because of the uh, the grand corruption scandal that's happening here in Malaysia, um, revolving around uh, a government-linked organisation uh, called the uh, One Malaysia Development Board, uh, where um, billions of ringgits have actually been channeled into um, this company 1mdb and uh and channel out to uh various uh, people's uh, personal account including the uh, prime minister uh so therefore um so that was the key issue that led to the rally and uh, busy came in simply because there was this money yeah uh, 2.6 uh, billion Malaysian ringgit that actually entered into the private account of uh, the Prime Minister. And um, there were allegations from the Wall Street Journal, from the Sarawak Report, um, and even um, the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice, when they actually came up with uh, the court case, to say that you know uh, the money that went into the Prime Minister's personal account, $2.6 billion, was actually used to pay for the election's Uh, the 13 general elections in Malaysia. And and so therefore, we in Berset asked that um, he actually account for that money, uh, be upfront what he did, where he received it, and where he actually spent it, and whether he has actually used it to actually uh, manipulate the last general elections. Um, But he never answered any of these questions, nor... uh, although he admitted to us receiving that amount of money but um, uh, unfortunately even the um, attorney general the anti-corruption commission um, did so-called investigation and say that you know um, there's nothing wrong with receiving that kind of money um, so therefore that was the key issue that uh, made a lot of Malaysians very angry that you know billions of ringgit were actually um, taken from the 1MDB which is actually really the Malaysian people's money uh, and used for personal um, um, gains and um, buy properties and so forth. But unfortunately, that issue didn't even emerge uh, as an issue that the government even feel accountable to.
0: And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. I'm speaking with Malaysian activist and chairperson of the Bursay movement, calling for clean and fair elections in Malaysia, Maria Chin Abdullah. We're talking about her recent arrest under counter-terror laws and her recent release from custody following a solidarity campaign. I mean the the situation that you've described um relates to the Bersih rally that happened this year the Bersih 5.0. Mm. However, yeah. Bersih yeah. has been a, a growing movement since 2007. Mm. We've mm. seen Malaysians mm. being more likely to take to the streets to oppose what is basically a yeah. very corrupt regime in Malaysia and yeah. you've talked about some of the legislation that um is a part of what makes that corrupt and I guess you know once upon a time you had the internal security act which we saw be repealed right. in 2011 and since then four more pieces of legislation have come into effect some even worse than the ISA yeah. which you right. which you talked about so you talked about SOSMA which is a special of offenses yeah, Special Measures Act. So I, I want to I try and get a sense from you um, about ordinary life for Malaysians and why there has been such a strong development over the last 10 years of a civil society yeah. resistance.
1: I guess um, it's an accumulated uh, um, uh, anger uh, felt against the uh, present uh, ruling uh, regime uh, where um, the expected reform that um, they want to see happening uh, to the police, to corruption, dealing with corruptions, to um, you know using repressive laws, uh, um, uh, these were the kind of reforms that we want to see change, but um, it uh, it didn't happen over the years, you know. And uh, the turning point is really 2008. Just after the big, uh, the first birthday rally, where two thousand and eight, uh, f- after more than fifty years, we were able to um, the opposition were able to deny uh, the ruling government of its two third majority. So, which means that we have a larger presence of uh, opposition in parliament. Uh, and since then, there was that uh, rising hope, you know, that um, things would be able to change where um, the possibility of um, a new form of governance can be brought into this country. Uh, and so therefore, uh, it actually ignited uh, the imagination of most Malaysians to uh, take to the streets. And uh, we were very surprised when we, when we took over, uh, because initially, uh, Bersay was actually uh, led by the opposition. Uh, political parties, yeah. the first uh, Berset rally, when we took over as a civil society, um, where the leadership and also membership came under just civil society, we were quite surprised that um, uh, when we called our our own uh, rally in 2011, so many people turned up. Uh, there were about 50,000 people who came. And, and the number grew over the years until... Per say four, that was our largest turnout, 500,000 people went on the street and overnight on the street. Um, And that was the culmination of uh, people's anger, really, at the unresolved uh, issues that's happening in this country, politically and also economically. But in the process of it, the reaction from the uh, state was to actually use... uh, and introduce uh, new legislations. Uh, besides SOSMA, we also have the Prevention of uh, Terrorism, Prevention of uh, Crime Act, and this all these acts actually allow for detention without trial in many ways, even though we may have got rid of the Internal Security Act. So even if now um, they do not charge me under SOSMA, uh, there's another case where She has been actually detained under SOSMA and when um, the court ruled that uh, SOSMA should not use against her, um, they used the other uh, detention acts. I find that if you look to
0: history, if you look to, and not even history, what is happening now... Governments resort to the kind of repression that you're experiencing and that your comrades are experiencing in Malaysia when they are feeling particularly threatened. So the way that you described your interrogation and the kinds of questions that you were asked about and presumably the other comrades that were arrested and detained at the same time are likely to have been asked the same kind of questions. Do you think the economic crisis has reached a point in Malaysia where the the government is cons- concerned and perhaps is not as stable or comfortable as they have been for the last 30 to 40 years?
1: Mm. Well, uh, definitely, um, okay, the questions that are asked are actually unrelated to the economic crisis, nor to the political crisis. They just want to build a picture to say that we have received the money and these are the CSOs and individuals that are out to topple the government. That's all they want to build. So uh, those were the kind of questions that they asked about Soros money, about um, my uh, Berset, and, um, and, and so those were the kind of questions to build the case. But um, as to the uh, economic uh, situation in Malaysia, yes, um, this is the year that we actually face uh, uh, a lot of challenges where prices of uh, basic goods have actually increased, including cooking oil. Um, You're talking about toll and uh, transport and petrol. Uh, But unfortunately, I must say that uh, the present government appears... uh, uh quite uh, quite uh, in charge of the the country at the present moment it's it's not easy for um any change of governance to happen uh it's it's challenging because uh i guess they still have got uh enough money to buy buy votes or to uh through, um, we have this scheme called BRIM. Yeah? One Malaysia um, is like a, a giving a bit of money to uh, aid money to actually help um, the lower income to overcome some of the economic crisis. Uh, it's called uh, BRIM. That kind of money actually helps people uh, and it buys people's uh, um, temporary support for the government so uh to say that the next election is very challenging um it's it's uh the next election is coming on the 20, 2018, It will be very challenging um to expect a change unless um uh, the opposition political parties actually uh strengthen themselves and get their act together um I see that change uh as as very um, far away, to be honest. Despite, despite of um, this billions of uh, uh, dollars uh, being taken away from the country, despite our economic crisis that we are facing, um, unfortunately, most people, there is still that dependency on the state for their jobs, their money, for their survival. And that's how the... Um, the ruling elite has actually kept uh, people tied so closely to them.
0: Well, I want to talk... I mean, you talked about the other parties and what it's going to take for another force to present itself in elections uh, to to rival the ruling UMNO party. And, it, I mean, you also talked about yeah. how much money UMNO has to pay people off. But... Um, You know, another person that was arrested alongside you but who also stood in the elections uh, a year ago or two years ago now um, was Arul Chelvan from the um, Socialist Party of Malaysia. And I understand that he is currently looking at three years of detention if he goes down on the uh, sedition charges that he um, was charged with uh, earlier in the year. Um, it, it's, it feels like, it looks like this is a winning strategy for the government is simply to arrest and yeah. lock up and take out of circulation any possible leader of another party that could rival the the um, government of Malaysia.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, there are these repressive laws that are available that the, the, the ruling elite has actually made it available to them to use uh, and dangle uh, like um, carrots in front of the, uh, anybody who um, raised any dissent. That, that, that is the fear all the time. Um, but uh, I guess that, you know, um, whatever it is, um, most important is really the. Uh, it depends on the Malaysian people, whether they are strong enough to actually come out, particularly in the next general election to come out to vote uh and to vote for a difference it it's it's really the people's power that we are actually hoping to will actually um be able to counter some of this regression you see um the 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 good thing about um my release is that it is actually uh, to a large extent a response to the uh people's uh uh resistance you know uh because um when I was detained uh, over the 10, uh, ten days, uh, people were actually having candlelight vigil. Usually, our candlelight vigil is about a hundred, but um, it grew in numbers as the days went by, showing that you know, um, it was like another rally, um, and it shows that people are angry and are willing and daring enough to be uh, on the streets despite. The threat of being arrested under SOPMA. So uh, I'm hoping that you know this this awakening will actually make some difference in the coming elections.
0: That was Maria Chin Abdullah, chairperson of the Bersih movement in Malaysia, calling for clean and fair elections. And that's all we have time for today. Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to womenontheline at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au and that's the digit 3, not spelt out in letters. Go to the Women on the Line page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hannah and I look forward to your company again next week.